Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I'd like for everyone to open their Bible to the book of Romans again. This time Romans chapter 8 and then look up here as we continue in our series titled The God Space. And we've been saying that the God space is our mind. Our mind is meant to be the space, our mind and our heart, which are interchangeable in the New Testament. They are meant to be this place where we commune with God. And we need to live our lives from the inside out, not from the outside in. We need to live our lives from the overflow of our relationship with Christ seated upon the throne of our hearts. You see how the ladies were singing, sit upon the throne of my heart and rule forever. Hallelujah. How many know he really does reign? He reigns. Amen. Let's put our hands together because he reigns. One of the things I've been saying virtually every week of this series is whoever controls your mind, whoever reigns in your minds, that's who reigns in your life. And today, we're going to be talking about something that we haven't really addressed yet, but is vitally important. And like I said, the song is perfect because we're going to be talking about who really does control our mind. Who is it that's really in charge of our mind? And we're going to take it even a step further. And you know what? There's a reason why when it comes to today's subject matter, we have to be very, very careful because if we preach this incorrectly and if you receive this incorrectly, your faith and your walk with God can turn into works. We walk by faith. Amen? And when, 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 when you walk by faith, it's Christ doing everything. And yet, and yet, there's this mystery because how many know that every single one of us has a will? We have a free will. We can choose. How many know that you're not a robot? So what I want to do is very quickly, I want to put up this image to get us ready to, 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 to look at, could we put up the, the image of the triune man, please? Yes. This is the threefold nature of man. And you see we are spirit. And when someone is born again, the Holy Spirit lives inside of their spirit. Okay? Um, uh, and then they have the soul. Okay? And the soul is the, the whole arena of the mind where you have your imagination and your conscience and your memory, your reason, your affections. We talked about, uh, we've been talking about this kind of building off of, of this image. Um, and then you have your flesh. Okay? So there's the spirit, then there's the natural, then there's the carnal, which is your flesh. And it's all of the senses that we're talking about. And today, our focus is going to be on the area of the free will, which is the area of the mind. In other words, you and I, even in light of, uh, of communion today, we're about to be taking communion today, we're celebrating something that happened 2,000 years ago where the words of Christ literally became famous. All of his words are supernatural, but there are certain words that literally have become famous. And it was on the night that Jesus was crucified that he said, Father, not my will, but what? 
thy will be done. Not my will, but thy will be done. And so today, we're going to be looking at our will. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you, okay, that I want you to notice that there's no mention of the devil. Okay? What we're reading today, there'll be no mention of the devil. And we know that there is a devil. We know that there's an enemy of our soul. Okay? But there's, and there's a part of your life where the enemy attacks your mind. But then there's another part, and we have to look at this. Very, very, this is a very, very important message today. We have to understand that we have a free will that we can yield to God. So let's look at Romans chapter 8. We're going to begin with verse 5. And it says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit, have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed, everyone say governed. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. This is the key verse of the day. Okay, let's read verse 6 together. Ready? The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Okay, let me keep reading. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, leave this up, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Now look at me for a second, okay, because I can't cover this in the rest of the message. But here's what this is saying. If you go back and read Romans chapter 7, very, very important. Okay, and guys, be people of the word. Read your Bible. Learn what the book of Romans says. Learn what Ephesians says. Learn what Mark says. And Matthew, learn the Bible. It's important for us to learn the word of God. How many would say amen? amen. So if you go back in, in Romans, the book of Romans is an argument. It's, a, it's almost like a legal argument being presented. It's like a court case. And it's a very powerful and compelling court case. In Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul says that the, he gives the example of someone who is married. And he says, even though when we're married, okay, if someone is married and then they have a relationship with someone else outside of marriage, that's adultery. But if someone is married and their spouse dies, it says their obligation to that spouse no longer exists. They're free to marry someone else. And he uses that illustration to say, we used to be slaves to sin. We used to be slaves to the power of darkness because we were born into sin. In other words, when I put up that image, when we're born, there's no Holy Spirit there. You have to invite the Holy Spirit in. 
You see, but when you invite the Holy Spirit in, that's why people get baptized. When people get baptized, they are saying, listen, I died. There was death. I used to be married to the flesh. I used to be married to sin, but I'm not married to sin. That, that guy is dead. Now I'm married to Christ. Hallelujah. I have a new groom. There's a new relationship. You see, so sin does not have to retain power over our lives, even though we still have a flesh. This is what we're going to be looking at today, you see. But if Christ is in you, if you have been born again, you can walk in victory. You see, it says, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, okay, we're all going to die because of sin, but hallelujah, how many know on that day we're going to meet him face to face? We're going to, the dead in Christ will rise, hallelujah. This is powerful. It says the spirit gives life because of righteousness. That's because of the faith we've put in the Lord. Let's keep going little more. And it says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead, watch this, will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You realize that because the spirit of Christ is inside of you, even though you used to live in death and be a slave to death, whatever death might be trying to work in your life, whatever death might be trying to drag you down, we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. You see, this is powerful. It says, he who raised Christ from the dead would also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh. To live according to it. Leave it right there. No matter how tempted you are, you're not a slave to that temptation. You see? Let's keep going a little more. It says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Then it it, it finishes with this verse. It says, for those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So the title of my message today is unique, I think, but it's important for us to pay attention. And the title of the message today is that the God space has options. The God space has options. Everyone say options. That's right. Okay, the God space has options. You and I have to recognize That Jesus has done the work for our freedom. But every day that you and I wake up, there is an option. You will either yield to the spirit or you can yield to your flesh. This has nothing to do with the devil. Okay? This has everything to do with our will. Now the devil will attack us and he will tempt us. But there are options. Okay? Here are the cold hard facts. God will not force himself upon you. But if you will yield to him, if you will let him govern your life, especially beginning with your mind and your heart, if you will do that, he will help you and he will transform you. He will carry you on to victory. Hallelujah. He always leads us in triumph, the Bible says. But see, there are options. There are options. This doesn't mean that you live for God in your own strength, but it does mean that there is a yielding to the most high God. And there are a lot of Christians, listen to this, there are a lot of Christians 
who give their life to Christ and they even have encounters with Christ and they live off of the encounter. But then in the day in and the day out, it is possible, okay, in the day in and the day out to, to keep yielding to the flesh. So we're going to be laying out this very important passage of Scripture. Okay, and let me just say one other thing about this. The mind that's governed by the flesh is death, but the mind that's governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Say life and peace with me. Ready? Life and peace. And I'm going to expound on that, but I want to say this is not in the context of heaven. This is in the context of this fallen world. This life and peace are in the context of stress. Life and peace are in the, contra- in the context of, of elections. It's in the context of, of uh, the stock market going down. It's in the context of, getting, of maybe getting sick or, or whatever it is. God is saying, God is, this passage of Scripture is filled not just with instruction but powerful promises. Promises that say, listen, if you yield to my spirit, it doesn't matter what is going on in this world. You will walk in life and peace. Life and peace. Life and peace. We're not talking about a perfect world. Perfection will come when we get to heaven. We're talking about in this world. So listen, we prayed. We prayed earlier on today. God. Help your people to engage. Okay? I was, I was praying. I was thinking about this yesterday, the day before. Okay? You know, I'm talking about uh, as your pastor, what I'm concerned about, what I'm praying for, all of the pastors. We, what we prayed before we walked in here is that you would engage. Because there is a life, a powerful life that God has for you to live. It's powerful. It's awesome. It's life and peace for you. Life and peace for your family. Life and peace for your children. Life and peace in your, in your home. The world may be so crazy. The world may be so dark, but there's life and peace. Listen, let me tell you a quick story that just came to my mind, and then we're going to get into this. We're going to pray. There's a story of a, of a guy who was um, in a Chinese prison, China, a Chinese man who was in a Chinese prison, and he was arrested because of his faith. It's illegal to proselytize there and to live for God. He's part of the underground church, and they got him. And uh, they gave him, uh, the, the, one of the guards particularly hated him. And so when he, what he gave him was he gave him the job of cleaning out the latrine. And so what he had to do is he had to go, Ravi Zacharias tells this story, he had to go knee-deep in human excrement. And he had to... And he had to spoon it out. He had to, and he started to get discouraged. And he was saying, Lord, if I, could just, if I could just get your word, I would be okay. This is a true story. And forgive me for the force of it. It's, it's, there's, it's a cer- there's a certain vulgarity to it. Okay? Now, I want to apologize in advance. But so what happened was is uh, um, he's just praying, saying, God, I need you to speak to me. This is, I'm, I'm in prison. I'm in, I'm in, in human dung. He says, please give me your word. So it turns out that the, the, the general or the captain or the lieutenant who was, who was uh, uh, over him was using the Bible as toilet paper. And so what started to happen 
is while he was shoveling all of this mess, he started to find pieces of the Bible. And he would grab the pieces of the Bible and he would take them and wash them off and go back to his prison cell and have a praise service. And then every day he was like, I can't wait to see what's going to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was like, oh, let me at him. Let me at him. Let me at him. Hallelujah. Life and peace. Life and peace. No matter where you are, no matter what you're going through, God can offer us life and peace. That's a true story. Hallelujah. Don't tell me today that your circumstances are what are robbing your life and peace. That's a big lie. Hallelujah. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this day and this time. And God, we know that you reign as king over the universe. God, today we want to pray that you would reign over our hearts and our minds. God, we want you to be the Lord of our God's space. And God, I pray that you would bless, oh Lord, your people. God, bless this flock, bless this congregation. Lord, we just desire to serve you and to honor you and to live for you. And so, Lord, would you, Lord, bring light and guidance to every heart, to every life, oh God. Speak to us in a very personal way today. And God, I pray that the communion service would be powerful for us. That, Lord, in light of your son, Jesus' yielding, when he said, not my will, but thy will be done, that act of submission gave us life and freedom. God, help us to celebrate. Help us to honor, oh, Lord, what he has done for us. And help us to yield, oh, God, our will to you. Bless this word, I pray, by your mighty power. In the name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. So here's what we're going to do now is we're going to look at how the, the options that the Bible lays out for us so that you and I can have real clarity, you know, so that we can have clarity. The word of God is light. The word of God is a light unto our eyes, a lamp unto our feet, and so... God gives us his word so that we can see things for how they really are. Over above how you feel, over above how you woke up, over above how you grew up. How many know the word of God is powerful and it is true? Amen. Praise the Lord. So the first thing that this says is that the first option is the option of the flesh. Okay. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So the real issue is, is that every single day that we get up, we have an opportunity to either allow the spirit govern our hearts and our thoughts, or we can let our flesh govern our hearts and our thoughts. Now, in the Greek, the word flesh is sarks, and what it means is the seat of sin and rebellion against God. Every single person here, 
Okay, and this is why even little babies, okay, is, have you ever noticed, and I use this example because it is so true, it's so fundamental. What happens when you tell a toddler, don't touch that? <laughs> Beep. You know what that is? The flesh. I saw it put this way. If you put a bucket of oatmeal, I heard it put this way. If you put a bucket of oatmeal and a bucket of raw meat in front of a lion, what's he going to eat? The raw meat. You know why? Because his nature, he's a carnivore. So in the natural, our nature, our fallen nature, when Adam fell, okay, everything about him fell. And everything after him was fallen. The whole, even the world groans, okay? Everything is fallen. We have a fallen nature. We have a flesh. So in my flesh and in your flesh, here are the, this is the truth. It's important to accept this truth about yourself. In every single one of us, there is a seat of sin and rebellion. And it's important that every Christian understands, if you don't understand how dark and fallen you actually are and actually can be, then you won't depend on the power of the Spirit to give you victory. And when you walk in your own strength, that's when you're walking in the flesh. When you say, I don't need God, I don't have to yield to the Spirit of God, you're actually walking in your own flesh. We have a flesh, and the flesh is a seed of sin and rebellion. You see, and the enemy of our soul, he wants to control our God space. But listen, so does your flesh. So when I was a kid, there was a show uh, where a comedian, his name was Flip Wilson. And he had a skit that he did all the time. And he would do something bad. And he always said, the devil made me do it. You know? It's not always the devil. It's sometimes it's just me. How many? Everybody say, it's just me. Okay? Very important for us to understand this, okay? Sometimes it's just me. Now, let me, let me explain how this looks. I have an image for you. Uh, um, I want you to imagine waking up in the morning, or I want you to imagine some kind of encounter during the day, all right? But waking up in the morning is better. Every single one of us has options, okay? And you have an option to take your Spirit, soul, and body. It's called your will. You can either come under the spirit or you can come under or you could yield to the flesh. Okay? When you yield to the flesh, what is ruling is sin and rebellion. Now, rebellion, rebellion can be subtle, but it's basically an independence that says, I don't need God to make my choices and to live my life. You see? So, so it doesn't mean that you have to start like, like uh, 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 staging this big thing against God. No. Rebellion can be as subtle as all get out. And so, so we yield to the flesh or we yield to the spirit. When you yield to the spirit, you come under his authority and you come under his truth. When you yield to the flesh, this is very, very important. When you yield to the flesh, what happens is, is that you are controlled you are controlled by the worst part of who you are. Now look, how do you know, leave that up, how do you know, okay, if you're in the flesh or if you're in the spirit? Okay, here's how you know. The flesh is marked by two things, okay? When a person is in the flesh, they cannot submit 
to God. And then they can't submit to his truth, to his law. Could you put the verse back? Could you go back to the verse for this point? I want to put it back up. No, no, go back one more. Look. No, that's not it either. Here it is. Watch this. Look. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to whom? Okay? So when you're in the flesh, you can't submit to God, to the person of God. Okay? And you can't submit to his authority in your life. And you also can't submit to his authorities. So when people hate police officers, when people can't respect, when our kids don't respect their teachers, when they don't respect their elders, when, they don't respect, when people don't respect their boss, when a, when a wife doesn't respect her husband, you know, all of these different things, is, these are God's established authorities. This is the authority of God. Our culture says, no one tells me what to do. The Spirit says, lots of people tell me what to do. How do you like that? How would that feel? Tasty? You see, it should be delicious. Listen, when you're in the spirit, you're like, lead me, God. I don't care how you lead me, but lead me, God. But when you're in the flesh, look, it says the flesh is hostile to God. Watch. The flesh is hostile to God, to his authority. Okay, and then it does not submit to God's law, which is his truth. Okay, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. So... If, if you're in conflict and in disagreements, this happens all the time. And someone says, yeah, but the Bible says that. I had once, I was talking to someone, or I'll never forget this. I was talking to someone, and they were, you know, making some kind of issue. And here's what happened. I said, I went to grab the Bible. This happened in my office. I went to grab the Bible, and I said, yeah, but the Bible says. And they put their hand on the Bible and said, I know what the Bible says. Like, don't tell me what the Bible says. You know what you call that? Flesh. And so right there, I knew the conversation was over. You see? And you just need to know this is where it begins. This is not negative. This is important. It's just reality. You need to know when you don't want to hear the Bible, you're in the everyone. Okay? But those who live according to the flesh... Right? The, the mind that's governed by the flesh equals what? Death. So you could be alive, but you could be dying. You could be living a dying life. Instead of living a living life, okay, which we'll talk about in a moment, you could be living a dying life. Because you're living in hostility to the word of God, and you're living in hostility to the authority of God. And that's the flesh. And that's the opposite of the abundant life that God has for you, of the blessing that God has for you. If we refuse to submit to the word of God, a lot of people know that they should read their Bible, but they don't want to read their Bible. Some people say, I don't understand the Bible. Oh, yes, you do. Oh, yes, you do. Okay. Oh, yes, you do. Absolutely you do. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? We were just hearing a, a story of, of someone who came to the church last week. I got to say this quickly. Someone came to the church the last week for the, for the first time, and then they went home. And uh, when they went home, they had a conflict with their spouse. And you know what they said? They said, you see, this is, you know what the problem is? The problem is, is that this space doesn't belong to God. 
We need to give this space to God. That's what the problem is. This space belongs to God. And so anyway, they got through the intense fellowship moment that they had. But watch this, because I said this to you last week. I said this to you last week. So then uh, uh, um, someone called, a Christian called and encouraged. Uh, it was the man. So the Christian called and encouraged the wife. Then he went to sleep. And then about at 2 in the morning, he, he woke up. He, started, he heard something in the house. He walked. And then when he was walking around, this is a true story. This is like hot off the press. He woke up, he's looking around the house because he thought he heard something. Then he felt like he heard a voice saying, Let, let's call him John. He's saying, John, why don't you just pray? And then he's looking around like, what? Why? He's like, John, why don't you just pray? Don't you realize I can fix your marriage, I can fix your kids, I could fix everything? Why don't you just yield to the spirit? Like, like listen, just like not a churchgoer. Not a, uh, uh, not, not, not like a Bible thumper. Just the moment we open up our heart to the Holy Spirit. The moment, the moment we open up our heart to the Holy Spirit. He's so kind. He's so loving. He died for our victory so that we could have life and what? Peace. Hallelujah. But see, guys, see, what we have to understand is that if we're not careful... We can just give in to the flesh. Okay, so one of the things you have to be able to identify about yourself, if you don't know your weaknesses, let me tell you, you will lose every time. Okay? So the first option is the option of the flesh. Here's the second option. I want to go through this. This is so, so powerful. The second option is the option of the spirit. The Bible says the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit, everyone, is life and peace. The mind governed by the spirit. When you take your day and you put it under the umbrella of God's authority and God's truth, guess what you, guess what you get? You get life and peace. It doesn't say if the market is good. It doesn't say if the weather is good. It doesn't say if this is good or that is good. No, it says you get under. You yield to the Holy Spirit and you will walk in, everyone, life and peace. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Life and peace. Now, I've got to say before we get into this, I have to say it is important for us to know that the New Testament is written in Greek, but it's written in Greek by Hebrew minds. Okay? Jesus was Jewish. Jesus wasn't Greek. He was Jewish. When you read the Bible, it's important for you to understand that even the Hebrew language, the Hebrew mind was a different kind of, it was a different kind of thinking because even the language was marked by action and by, by, ex, by experience. The Hebrew mind, if we had the time, I read a verse in, um, uh, um, in the prayer meeting that in English it says basically, Lord, keep my steps, but in the Hebrew it says my steps keep. In other words, there's an activity and an action when it comes to the, the Hebrew mindset is we are not passive people. 
Now, there's a book that talks about this. I want to put up a quote for you. This is so, so important here. Listen. This is what a, 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 this is a fantastic book about, about the New Testament culture being Hebrew. He says, through modern invention and outright apathy, our present Western world has grown more and more, everyone. We have developed a TV-obsessed, entertainment-prone, and spectator-minded generation which seems to be content to watch life rather than to live it. By contrast, the Hebrews were largely an energetic, robust, and at times even turbulent people. Okay, so when you read the Word of God, and this is what we were thinking about today, when you read the Word of God, you have to understand, brothers and sisters, you have to understand when you read the Word of God that God wants you to engage. He wants you to engage. He doesn't, he wants for us to live life. Now, here's the definition of life, okay? Life is the condition of living, okay? The, the word is Zoe, okay? It's the condition of living or the state of being alive, especially, look at this lineup, okay? Healthiness, happiness, exuberance, energy, and vitality, okay? Healthiness, happiness, exuberance, energy, and vitality, when you experience life, your mind is marked by healthiness, happiness, exuberance, energy, and vitality. Okay, that's what real life is in God. It means that your mind should be healthy. Think about how much mental health dominates our culture right now. Think about, think about how many people are overrun by mental instability, by depression. But how many know when the spirit controls your mind, you don't live in depression. You experience a healthiness of mind and heart and you're ready to go out and live. The, the spirit makes you active and energetic and, and the, the flesh makes you just want to do nothing. This is crazy. What we're, the world that we're living in has gotten crazy. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know if I wanted to use this illustration or not, but I was, I was thinking about this quote uh, uh, um, that uh, I heard. You know when the Cubs won the World Series, somebody was interviewed. And when they were interviewed, the guy said, my life has changed. Because the Cubs won the World Series, his life has changed. Okay? So listen to me. Listen to me. The Cubs win the World Series. He gets on the news and says, my life has changed now that the Cubs won. I was like, really? How? <laughs> okay. Now listen, on Wednesday, Wednesday we had great weather. Was it Wednesday the great weather? Right? On Wednesday we had great weather. And Jake, one of the pastors here, Jake, I said, hey, man, what you doing after work today? He said, I'm playing softball. So when I saw him the next day, he played three softball games in November on a Wednesday night. So one guy's watching saying that's life. Another guy got in the game, and he's actually living life. And I would suggest to you that it's not God's will for us to just to watch and go Instagram. God wants you to live. Go play softball in November, please. Do something. You see, don't just sit there and watch and watch and watch. How many of God has called us to live? It's like watching, but you go play softball. That's better than the Cubs winning the World Series. Amen. You know? You know why? Because you did something instead of watching all the time. 
instead of living off of someone else. So many people are standing by and just watching. They're watching life go by when it shouldn't go by. That God wants us to be healthy, okay, developing. Listen to this. The mind that's yielded to the spirit is always not only healthy and happy, but it's exuberant. I want to, I want to give you what this word means. Listen to this. Exuberant means the quality of being full of excitement and joy and cheerfulness. And then listen to this. Growing profusely like a plant. Growing profusely like a plant. How many know that in our minds we should be growing profusely? Your mind should be fruitful. Fruitful. Growing. Not just watching. And even in the context of stress. Even in the context of difficulty, you mean to tell me you can't, like, have all kinds of things going wrong and be like, hey, I don't care. God is good. Hallelujah. I love you, Lord. I love you, Jesus. My eyes are on you. You mean you don't care? Of course you can live that life. Of course you can, you can be learning and, 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 and reading new books and, and, and uh, uh, doing exercise. Please exercise. Okay, congregation, listen. Please exercise. You know why? Because that's life. You know, hug people, kiss people, you know, live. When the Spirit of God, when your mind submits to the Spirit of God, you don't live on the sidelines. You don't sit there passively. There's a, there's a happiness. There's a sense of growing and learning. What have you learned? Have you learned anything in the last 60 days? Anything? How do you know that when, you're, when the Holy Spirit, who created your mind to grow and to learn, as we talked about last week, how many know there are new verses in the Bible that he wants you to memorize? New promises, new truth. But it's a yielding to the Spirit. And then the last thing is, is that life means that you live a life of giving. Now, we're not, Pastor Matt talked about giving financially, but we're not just talking. We're talking about overall that you're a giver. That you're so full of life that you actually give. Now, it's so funny because when you talk about this issue, this is, this is the issue that I'm talking about right here. This is the crux of it. I'm like, Lord, please help me to talk to the congregation. Help me to get, help me to reach them, God. Okay, because when you talk about this issue, people have a propensity to listen and go, hmm, good. But what should be happening right now is you should be challenged. God, I'm going to get busy about living for you. I'm going to get busy. You know, we're going to push communion because I feel like we need to pray. We're going to push communion to Tuesday. But listen to me. You know, this is how much the world has changed. When I was 12 years old, I played in, a, I was playing in a, in a league. We did great. We, we went to like national titles. I, I barely lost any games that year. And then at the end, I came back and played in a little stadium. You know how they have those little league stadiums? So I played in a little league stadium once. Stick with me. And in that little league stadium, it was really nice, and they had stands and the whole deal. And so we played uh, 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 against the team. We had barely lost any games that year. 
We played against the team. And I remember, because I actually traveled with that team, very nice people, really predominantly Italian and Irish. And uh, um, so anyway, they came. We started. I was supposed to pitch that day. And um, as soon as I crossed the white line to, to go pitch, they started a chant. Here was the chant. I don't know all of it. I can't remember. It's a long time ago. It was put them in a high chair, feed them with a spoon. We can be Toledo every afternoon. <laughs> then da-da-da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da-da-da, we can be Toledo night after night. So I'm 12 years old. I crossed the line. The minute I crossed the line, like, let's say, like, about this section of people, okay? And uh, um, they're chanting. Everywhere I move. Put him in a high chair, feed him with a spoon. We can be Toledo every afternoon. On and on and on and on. Every inning that I pitched, on and on. If I crossed the light line, they just started. You know, but you know what they were saying? They said, we got to get into his head. So anyway, here's the interesting thing between 30 years ago and today. When I got back to the dugout, you know what my teammates were going, saying to me? They're like, dude, they made a song about you. Oh, snap. Right? No, so listen. So listen, they beat me that day. I didn't, I, I had nothing. So I get in the car. My dad was like, oye, chico. <laughs> to the translation, yo, man. He said, you had nothing on the ball. I said, dad, I had nothing on the ball. You know, sometimes you just get beat. My dad used to say this to me. My dad would wake up at 5 in the morning. And when he would go, no, uh, he would wake up at 4 in the morning, leave at 5, and he would have a shopping bag for his clothing. So my dad used to say to me, you see how I carry that shopping bag every day to work? He said, when you play in sports, you got to have to carry two shopping bags. Sometimes you carry home the win. Sometimes you carry home the loss. That's life. Now, okay, now the, the, the guys on the team will be saying, my dad is an attorney. We're going to sue these people. This is an offense. You can't do this. The parents would be calling the police. They would be saying, oh, my baby's going to be traumatized. And, and they would be like, you know, it would be like crazy. Stop the game. Cancel the league. You know why? You know why? Because kids can't even live anymore. Wait, listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. Christians are not supposed to be babies. Okay? There wasn't one drop of offense. You know what we called that? We called that baseball. Okay? What do you, how do you see your life? When things are difficult, when things are hard, how do you see your life? Do you see your life as a Christian? Christians are champions. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. But see, if you yield to your flesh, listen to me. If you yield to your flesh, your flesh will always tell you you're weak. Your flesh will always tell you you can't. Your flesh will always tell you that, that, that you, uh, uh, you're unholy and that's all you are. Your flesh will always put you down. Your flesh will always say indulge. Your flesh will say give in, give in, give in. The Spirit of Christ says live life says, I will give you life and what? 
peace. Your flesh will say, look at what they said about you. Are you kidding me? They crucified Christ. They stoned the apostles. The apostle Paul popped up and said, let me go back in the city. They were like, you can't go back in the city. You've got all of these chicholas on your head. He's like, who cares about that? You see, guys, you get what I'm trying to say? What I'm saying is that when you walk with God, your mind is different. Okay? It's life and peace. It's like, I'm not going to be depressed. I'm not going to be discouraged. Now listen, if, you're, if, you're, if there's parts of you that are weak, well, then start getting strong. Start. Pray, Holy Spirit, help me today. Help me to exercise. Help me to read. Help me to pray. Help me to say no. Help me to work hard. Help me to get up on time. Help me to go to work. Help me, God. Help me. Hallelujah. It's not woe is me. It's hallelujah, Christ in me. It's Christ in me. See, here's what I believe. I believe that the people in this room can have such a powerful impact on the city of Chicago. You see? But it all depends on who's governing your mind. You see? It all depends on who's governing your mind. You don't have to be a superstar. You don't have to have a, a million gifts. All you have to do is be you, but be full of the Holy Spirit. The mind controlled by the Spirit is what? Life and peace. I just want to read the definition of peace to you, and then we're going to close. Okay? You know what peace is? Peace is a freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts. Or emotions. So the guy goes home. He starts to get into an argument with his wife. He doesn't have a, 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 a master's degree in theology. Okay. He doesn't have a position in the church. He doesn't have uh, years of, of Bible teaching. He doesn't have all of these things. But you know what he does? He says, Lord, I'm going to give this space to you right now. And then guess what kicks in? The word of God, the promise of God says, the mind governed by the spirit is what? Life and peace. Now here's the last thing I'll say, and then we're going to pray. You see, the unique thing about life is that this brother has his set of circumstances. And this sister has her set and on and on it goes. Every person here, you have your set of circumstances. If you just look at yourself and your circumstances, okay, you can think up 50 reasons why you can't go from strength to strength and from glory to glory. But if you today, just starting today, if you open up your heart and say, God, I want my life to be your life. Okay? And Lord, I know that my life can't be your life unless you control my thoughts. So Lord, I submit my mind. All right? I submit my mind to your spirit, oh God. Now, temptations will come. 
attacks will come. The flesh will, will, will come. The flesh will speak to you and give you the, let me tell you, the flesh is the, has the best excuses in the book. All right? The flesh will come, but you need to keep saying, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I yield to you. I yield my life to you. I yield my dreams. I yield my affections. I yield my memories. I yield my conscience to you. I yield what happened to me in the past. I yield, Lord, what people did to me. I yield it all to you. I just give it to you, God. And here's the thing. I don't know how in the world you could use me or how in the world you could bless me, but I believe in the promise of your word. And, God, I know that if I yield today, I'm going to wake up, oh, God, and I'm going to see the power of heaven at work in my life, oh, God. Lord, you're going to send your angels. You're going to send rain. God, you're going to send servants. You're going to send people. You're going to send help, oh, God. Everything that I need, oh, God, you will provide for me, oh, God. How Hallelujah. And listen, listen, listen. And even when things go wrong, was, this, this has been interesting, and we'll, we'll pray now. Even this past week, I was thinking about different things and challenging things. Sometimes, you know, how many would agree life is like a two-way street? Some good stuff, some not so good stuff. And even this week, as things were coming that were not so good, I was trying to say to the Lord, Lord, you're still in charge. And Lord, even though I'm not in charge of that, guess what? You're in charge of me. We're going to take communion on Tuesday, but listen to me. So come, come on Tuesday so we can take communion together. But remember what this means. Remember that Jesus won a victory for us because he said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. And the world was changed. And listen to me, your world will change if you would just say, not my will, but thy will be done. Father, as we go, Lord, we yield our God's space to you. I pray that you would help us to engage instead of watch. I pray that you help us to live, oh God, instead of experiencing through Instagram and TV, God. God, we pray for life and peace. And we pray for the change that's going to bring that out. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together and bless the Lord. Hallelujah.